Hey, everyone. I'm David Chalian, the CNN political director. This is the CNN political briefing. Here's what you need to know in politics for Thursday, May 4th. Some lawmakers and legal experts are demanding the Supreme Court strengthen its ethics code. Calls the high court is resisting so far. ProPublica has been breaking story after story about Justice Clarence Thomas and the ethical questions raised due to his friendship with a mega-Republican donor. Thomas and Harlan Crow say they've been close friends for decades, and some aspects of their relationship weren't initially reported on the justice's annual financial disclosures over the years. Thomas has said that he was told he didn't have to report some of this stuff, but many legal experts and lawmakers found the fact that he didn't to be troubling. We'll break down each instance in question, starting with the latest, which is school tuition payments. ProPublica is reporting that Thomas's billionaire friend paid for his grandnephew to attend two boarding schools that the justice didn't report on his financial disclosure forms. The outlet points out the exact amount is unclear, but public tuition records show the price tag could have exceeded $150,000. That's if Harlan Crow paid for all four years at both schools. Take a listen to the ProPublica reporter who actually broke the story, Justin Elliott. He was on CNN this morning. We talked to a number of ethics lawyers about this, and they said that this should really properly be viewed as a gift to Justice Thomas. And any gift over a few hundred dollars in this category should have been disclosed. Justice Thomas actually disclosed uh, a much smaller gift of a few thousand dollars from another friend for the same child's education. So uh, it's totally unclear why I didn't disclose this. Thomas, who had taken legal custody of his grandnephew, had paid for some of Martin's tuition by selling his coveted Corvette. That's according to ProPublica. Crow, who was an alum of one of the schools, told the outlet he did it to give back to those less fortunate and that Thomas himself didn't request the financial support. Mark Pauletta, a friend of the Thomases, issued a statement defending the justice, saying in part, quote, Justice Thomas and his wife made immeasurable personal and financial sacrifices and poured every ounce of their lives and hearts into giving their great nephew a chance to succeed. Pauletta goes on to say, quote, Harlan had financially supported Randolph-Macon, that's one of the schools that is at the center of this story, since the 1980s, and funded scholarships for students from disadvantaged backgrounds. Harlan offered to pay the first year of Justice Thomas's great-nephew's tuition in 2006, and that payment went directly to the school. Harlan Crow's office confirmed that he did not pay the great-nephew's tuition for any other year at Randolph-Macon. Thomas has yet to respond to CNN's request for comment. This isn't the only controversy that Justice Thomas is caught up in. Just a few weeks ago, CNN reported Justice Thomas intended to review and amend his financial disclosure forms to reflect a real estate deal made with the same Republican megadonor. It involved the sale of three properties in Georgia, including one that Justice Thomas's mother lives in. A source close to Thomas told CNN that it was an oversight not to report the transaction and that he would always fill in his forms with the help of aides, adding Thomas thought he didn't have to disclose it because he lost money on it. And it's not the first time he's apparently received questionable advice from his aides. Justice Thomas also failed to disclose luxury travel paid for by Harlan Crow, 
which he said he was advised not to report at the time, but noted he'll follow updated guidance and report trips like this in the future. The trips involved Justice Thomas and his wife traveling with Crow and his wife on the donor's yacht and private jet. The way Thomas justified it by saying it was, quote, sort of personal hospitality from close personal friends, end quote. Thomas is not the only justice getting some heat. Justice Neil Gorsuch has been under the spotlight as well. Politico reported the nearly $2 million sale of a property co-owned by Gorsuch to a prominent law firm executive in 2017. The sale happened just one month after he was sworn in as an associate justice of the Supreme Court. Congress is now debating if it has the authority to step in here and impose a code of conduct on the justices if the court refuses to adopt one of its own. Earlier this week, the Senate Judiciary Committee held a hearing where that very question was the subject. We should note, a key voice who was missing from the hearing was Chief Justice John Roberts, who declined an invitation from the committee to appear. Instead, he issued a statement signed by all nine justices meant to give the public clarity that they, quote, reaffirm and restate foundational ethics principles statement many court critics found insufficient. Democrats believe these lapses by the justices are unethical and that Congress should step in to implement ethics rules for the high court to work by. Here's how Chairman Dick Durbin put it. The court should have a code of conduct with clear and enforceable rules so both justices and the American people know when conduct crosses the line. Some Republicans agree there should be more transparency around the Supreme Court, but they think Democrats are out of bounds for suggesting Congress should regulate the court. Two Republicans on the committee, the ranking member, Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, former chairman of the committee, Chuck Grassley of Iowa, said as much in a committee hearing on Tuesday. This is not about making the court better. This is about destroying a conservative court. The goal of these efforts is to cast doubts on certain judges and justices all because the left is opposed to recent court rulings. Instead, they think that Congress should focus on boosting security for the justices. In fact, the statement of ethics all nine justices signed and provided to the Senate Judiciary Committee states security threats as a reason why they may be limited in what to disclose. There is at least one Republican senator who seems to think that the court needs a nudge to do something more. The moderate Republican from Alaska, Senator Lisa Murkowski, joined up with independent Angus King, who caucuses with the Democrats, and introduced a SCOTUS ethics standards bill last week. It would require the Supreme Court to create its own code of conduct within one year, giving it power to investigate any misconduct, publish an annual report on any complaints, and require the court to lay out the rules on its website. But it's unclear that there are the votes there to pass that legislation, so the Supreme Court is left with two options, do nothing or do something. So where does the court go from here? Who better to answer that question than CNN's senior Supreme Court analyst, Joan Biskupic? She's the author of the new book, Nine Black Robes. Joan, tell me, what are these principles that Roberts is referring to and why are calls growing to adopt a stronger ethics code? David, here's the nub of the real controversy. They do not have a formal ethics code. 
Chief Justice John Roberts says that they consult the code that now exists for lower court judges, and they look to their own legal attorney at the court. But the problem is, is that there is no formal code that they have to adhere to. And there's also no way to assess whether they're meeting even their own standards. There's no person or entity that oversees any kind of misconduct claims as you have for lower court judges. Uh, When the chief justice last week addressed this topic in a letter to Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Dick Durbin, there was a real subtext to the letter that went even beyond their usual trust us. It was more like, we know best, we're being wrongly criticized, and we're under threat. This all adds up in various ways to sort of a message of that they might not be understanding how much there's a, a public craving for information and for answers right now. And what do you think, Joan, this means for the court's reputation as a whole? Well, David, to to step back even further and kind of address this moment in time, these questions and controversies all come up about a year since the Supreme Court issued a series of rulings that really shook the country. First of all, they rolled back nearly a half century of precedent when they reversed Roe v. Wade. And we saw right after that having to do with just the rulings, not talking at all about this off-bench behavior that's emerged in recent weeks, that public confidence in the court was really dropping. So there was, there's been increased scrutiny of the court and increased questions about their usual impartiality and the public confidence that they have enjoyed over the years. So the, I think there is a sense of urgency about what the justices are doing up there and whether they're paying any attention to this falling lack of public confidence and whether they take it seriously. What can the court do to repair that reputation? One thing that I could say that they could do right from the start is at least offer some explanations. The court's default mode is to not respond, to not answer questions about any of this kind of um, reported conduct. So they could, for starters, just maybe give their version of events more so than they normally do. And then secondly, to actually act and not wait for Congress to try to impose anything on them, but to police themselves as the Chief Justice says they do, you know, maybe maybe come up with some code that they can all nine can agree on. And I will be the first to admit that it's hard for all nine at the Supreme Court to agree on anything. But I would think that there would be some leadership within the court that says, you know, we have to we have to do more to signal that we are policing our own right now. David, there is a general sense inside the court that they should not question each other's decisions. It's a real kind of hands-off attitude that right now I don't know if it's, it's serving the justices as a whole. That's it for today's political briefing. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. We'll talk to you tomorrow.